Well, good morning. And I mean that. I mean that, folks. Good morning. I know yesterday was a, uh, a tough day. I mean, at least as far as the news is concerned, if <laughs> it was not a normal day. It just seemed like things were uh, continuously escalating all around us as the news about the virus continues to uh, come in. And we're sort of, you know, I think just a little overwhelmed by it all. I certainly have uh, have felt that way uh, the last few days. I mean, we went from initially pronouncements that we shouldn't gather in groups of uh, more than 250 to then we shouldn't gather in groups of more than 100 and then 50. And then yesterday it dropped down to groups of 10 uh, by the end of the day. And the president was telling us to expect sort of life to be like it is right now until July or August. And uh, in all of this intense focus on what seems to be, um, you know, for the most part, bad news can really just have an effect. I mean, you can start to feel a little overwhelmed and exhausted by it all uh, and frankly burnt out. And we can very quickly get to that place where we kind of just feel like not doing anything and not, you know, not fighting this thing for however we can do such a thing. Uh, and so I wanted to refocus our attention today on some good news because we desperately, desperately need it, don't we? Uh, and I figured I'd do that by looking at the example of the Apostle Paul, who, of course, faced many a struggle, many a trial, many, uh, many different kinds of suffering in his ministry and in his life, uh, and yet was able to come out of these things with a message of great hope and resilience. And so I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 through chapter 5, verse 1. It reads like this. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. End of reading. 
Excuse me while I take a sip. Paul says in our passage, we do not lose heart. We are not going to burn out. What are his reasons for that as we read the passage? Well, the first answer, I think, to the potential to, to sort of give in to burnout and, and how to avoid it is Paul clearly focuses on what God has done, specifically done in the past for him and for us. Listen again to verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and we also speak, knowing that he who raised Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For Paul, for Christians all over the world, the central point of history, and it is history, is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And why does focusing on that keep us from losing heart? Because his death shows you that no matter how sinful you are, your sins are paid for, atoned for, and forgiven by God, who actually, really, truly loves you. Your failures, your shortcomings, your limitations are all paid for at the cross. That's what Jesus comes to do in his death, to seek and save the lost by paying a ransom for many. Focusing on the historical reality of his resurrection reminds us that Jesus did not stay in the grave, but in fact has defeated death. He's defeated the grave, and the tomb still remains empty to this day. The entropy laws do not apply to Jesus of Nazareth. He does not decay, he does not faint, nor grow weary, and he never burns out. He lives now. Morton Kelsey, a well-known writer who struggled with great periods of depression his whole life, wrote, quote, if we are indeed part and parcel of a meaningless universe, the kind in which Jesus could be murdered on a cross with no resurrection, then being depressed makes good sense. Under these conditions, the sensitive and sensible person will be depressed. I have discovered only one event in history that redeemed all of this evil for me and gave me hope, the resurrection of Jesus. Allowing the resurrected one to be constantly present, I can deal with this evil, even the evils that were suffered by Jesus, by my friends and by me. I can face all the, the rape and the pillage and the war and the hatred that I hear about daily and still find hope. The resurrection reveals the ultimate nature of the universe and the risen Christ continues to give victory over the power of evil. Yes, when you're down and weary and you need a helping hand, don't call James Taylor. Call on the resurrected Christ who lives in and dwells with you by his spirit even now. The second thing to focus on to avoid losing heart is to focus on what he's presently doing. Verse 15 and 16 say, For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. We don't lose heart, Paul says, because as we keep on going, God is glorifying himself through you. It, it's increasing thanksgiving to the glory of God. Do you realize that? It's not an overstatement when I say this, that, that every one of you 
God is using to bring glory to himself as you continue on in life. And it's mostly through the mundane stuff. Right now, it's making sure you're there for your kids while they're stuck at home, or maybe just cooking meals or sitting in traffic without complaining too much. And then it's also the more pronounced stuff. It's, you know, things like witnessing and worshiping and praying and, and fellowshipping to the degree that we can do that right now. He's not done with you. That's the point. No matter where you're at right now, God is using you to glorify himself through you. And that's good news. Shortly after my uh, good friend Tony was converted out of a life of drug addiction and all sorts of problems, he had started attending a ministry that I was co-leading for, for college-age students back in the day. And after a little while there, because of his, his just dedication to the ministry and his consistency there, uh, my co-leader Jeff and I asked Tony if he'd be willing to, to serve with us. Now, in our minds, it wasn't really anything big. I mean, we just asked him if he'd be willing to make coffee for the college group before the meeting each week. But to my great surprise at the time, it was a huge deal. Because for him to even be alive, let alone saved by Christ, let alone renewed in Christ, was such a tremendous undeserved act of grace on God's part that to even think God would use him in any way in service to God's church blew Tony away. I remember him crying, telling me how awesome it was that, quote, God would let me make coffee for his people. And I'm telling you, he took that duty seriously because it was a staggering thought that God would want to use him to bring glory to his name. So Christian, remember, he's not done with you. Yes, you may be tired and weary, and you may feel like you're losing heart or burning out, but remember, he's using you even now to bring praise to his name. And then finally, a major portion of this passage, in order for us not to lose heart, Paul, well, refocuses our attention on what God is going to do. Now notice something here. At the very beginning of our passage, we read in verses 7 through 12, Paul writes this, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life is in you. Here's the interesting thing. Paul notes all of these ways in which he's suffered and he's gone through tragedy and difficulty and persecution. But now, after focusing on the eternal weight of glory that is waiting for us in heaven, Paul describes all of these afflictions this way. It is a, quote, light, momentary affliction that is preparing us for an eternal weight beyond all comparison. Paul's focus so often is on where we're headed. It's on our heavenly home. It's on a place where we're no longer going to succumb to sickness and to tears, 
to losing heart and to discouragement. It's only there that these things will be found and will be ours for eternity. This is our treasure. C.S. Lewis, in describing heaven in his book, The Great Divorce, put it this way, heaven once attained will work backwards and turn even that agony into a glory. All things bad and sad will be made untrue. You see, when you have that perspective, then the news that comes flooding at you, that leads you to want to give up, that leads you to want to sort of just hold yourself up and cease living with hope. Well, when your perspective is that, when it's focused on what Jesus has done for you and what Jesus is even doing in you now and what Jesus has promised to give you in the future, well, you can endure, Christian. You can and you will. God will see to it. Paul writes in Romans 8, 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Remember, what you are enduring at the present time, whether it's just anxiety over illness or any number of other life issues that can get us down and cause us to lose heart, remember, you are ultimately citizens of another kingdom. You can face this, and you will face this, because the one who's defeated death is with you right now and will never leave you or forsake you. So, that's God's answer to when we're tempted to lose heart. I hope this refocusing on good news has encouraged you today and inspires you to go out and even serve your neighbor in your own home, because it looks like many of us will have to uh, spend a lot more time at home, but to go out and serve your neighbor with reckless abandon, knowing that, that you're safe and secure in the hands of your God. God bless. I'll see you next Tuesday.